Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello and welcome to the China Shop. I am shopkeeper Flary. I know Dan's gone, but with me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialIneptitude.com. And Kyle is celebrating a big promotion today. He is the brand new national refiner of the definition of recession, chief of, <laughs> chief of short side risk management, lead price changer for his local gas station, and vice president of moving averages at Order Flow Labs. Kyle, how you doing? Oh, I'm fantastic. Man, I got a lot of promotions this week. Yeah, you're doing well. Better than Dan, who I think I think Dan might actually be getting demoted. <laughs> moving up in the world. Moving up in the world. Oh, man. How are you doing? You guys had a busy day today. I'm good. Yeah, it's been crazy. We just celebrated our one-year anniversary uh, for Orderful Labs, so we were streaming all day. And, you know, what best to do after streaming for eight hours than to join, uh, join the team here at Two Bulls. So, appreciate <laughs> you guys having me. No problem. Well, let's get it started. All right, guys, come on into the shop with us today as we sit back, relax, and hedge against the rage machine. Welcome to any new listeners just joining us. We are here to smash our way through a complete set of fine china, sharing our ever-growing strategies for trying to maximize gains. I don't know why that makes me laugh. And cut your losses. Because we're bad at it. <laughs> oh, man. And if you're new to the shop and futures trading in general, you can always check us out at orderflowlabs.com, where we provide world-class order flow tools to help you gain confidence, reduce screen time, and develop your edge. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and YouTube so you never miss a blog, a stream, or just a random shit post. Uh, that's great, Flurry, but do uh, you want to do one where you talk about our news? No, no, we're good. We're good. I think that was good. Don't you? Uh, uh, all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kyle, uh, do we have any uh, show news to report here? Uh, whose show? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's good. We don't have a show yet. Watch, <laughs> watch out. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously, we got our shop. So if you want to show your support and buy some shit, that'd be the place to do it. Uh, we just finished recording with Lance Bellin. The C he's a CFP and uh, author of More Wealth, Less Taxes. Next week, we'll be talking to Sammy Ellard King, founder of Up the Gains. After that, we got Joe Sakala from the Dream Exchange. Maybe. Uh, we still got to confirm that. And then co-host of Stacking Benjamins will be joining us, Joe Salse. Nice. You guys are lined up. I have to get myself some of that swag. I got to admit, when I first joined the Discord, I thought it was a troll and that like if I put my address in there, <laughs> you're going <laughs> to either send me something I didn't want or not really send me anything and you know get my social security number or something. So I still got to get some of that uh, uh, swag that you guys have. I've got a t-shirt with your name on it. All right, let's do it. Let's you and Job and Leo, I got to get something to all you. You guys don't all work in the same building, do you? No, there's no building. The crazy part is that we've never even met. We're literally five strangers from the internet that built the company. I'm trading. Really? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, pretty cool. 
<laughs> well, anyways, with all that aside, we have a savory, succulent, scrumptious show for you guys today. We have lots of market-moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than Nigerian Brothers. Let's get started. Uh, as, <laughs> as always, you can reach out to us. We love your messages and your comments uh, on Twitter, Facebook, on our Discord. Uh, the link's in the episode description if you guys need to check that out. And it's not the Orderful Labs link, it's, it's the actual <laughs> link. Uh, or if you're just old school and want to send these guys an email, go ahead and send it to tubles at com. You better figure out how to spell that on your own because I could never spell that. And that's the number two. Or you could give us just a phone call at 725-222-BULLS. Is that even a real number? And it's yeah. two two. Sorry, that's crazy. I'm calling that after this. It is. You might be caller number nine. We're still waiting for that. For <laughs> <laughs> one? I think we're up to four right now. <laughs> oh, man. I'm totally calling it after. If you answer that, I'm going to die. No, no. It's just a voicemail. Oh, funny. Feel free to reach out, guys. Maybe you've got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made, or maybe you just bought up all of Worm's prison debt. Your chances of collecting $15,000 rest solely in the hands of a local New York rounder beating an <laughs> Oreo-eating underground casino operator in a high-stakes game of poker. I don't know. Actually, you know what? I had a question about that. So, Rama is the one who bought the debt. Bought the debt. So, didn't he get kind of fucked over by Teddy KGB when... Teddy was the one who decided to gamble it away. You think Teddy paid him? I don't know. Is that in the sequel? There was talk of a sequel and they never actually um, like followed through with it. I was, I was hyped for that. That's like the movie before you go play a big tournament. You got to you gotta watch Rounders. Right. Or just any time it comes on TV in general. <laughs> I, I, think, I think Grandma got screwed on that whole deal. I think he was the one who was out his money. He might have. He got a few bucks. He beat him up in the bathroom. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and he, you know, I mean, he had a pretty legitimate pimp game running. I mean, it wasn't like A plus, but it's a solid C. He wasn't hurting. No, no, he was good. <laughs> Anyways, all right, it's time to talk about how poorly Kyle and Dan uh, have done in their most recent market bets, and uh, I, I think. We unfortunately have some bad news here. Oh, yes, because uh, both of us were a little too conservative. If we had just gone balls out, uh, no stops, I think either one of us could have actually taken it. But uh, I shorted Meta, the close before they reported earnings, and then I closed out the trade the immediate day after. So that went from 169.58 and finished at 160.72, which brought my total to 553.91. Dan tried to go long SOXL because he was uh, betting the semiconductor run was not done. He was right, but he put a super tight stop at 1675 and was stopped out <laughs> the day of the trade. No. <laughs> Without that, I think he would have actually won. Uh, and then Random went went long AEL. That bastard was going with one of those stupid life insurance companies. That opened the week at 3595 closed at 3756 so random takes the month with 65574 no ah yeah say la vie sometimes that tight stop uh you know it protects the account but it doesn't win the challenge that's for sure i, I think dan was just hoping we'd all lose <laughs> just pass him up because he was sitting right around break even <laughs> he had less loss that's a strategy i guess sometimes it works <laughs> <laughs> yeah no bet i'm cash that might be mine <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, stick around we'll have another bet at the end of the episode and uh, i think we're gonna let flary pick the consequences so maybe we'll wrap that up and we uh when we make next week's bet oh i got something good for you guys oh no 
right, let's move on. Let's talk about some news. Uh, what do we have? What's going on? It's been a wild week. I mean, the market's um, obviously going a little bit crazy. There's a lot of news coming in and out. There's tons of different stuff going on. What do you have for us as far as news goes? Well, first, I got the song to lead into the segment if you want to hear it. There's a song? Yeah, I want to hear it. Dow drops deep on moving inflation, COVID frustration, war damnation. We're just bringing you the fucking news. You gotta recognize the game if you don't wanna lose. We're just skipping to bulls, trading information. Rioters raiding, insider trading, taxes are raising, bills on the hill. We got a crypto mill, no, they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Sing it, man. Two bulls trading information. What? Two bulls trading information. I'm inclined to agree. Two bulls trading information. That is accurate. Very accurate. What is it? All right, Are well, I apologize. I, I, I missed that there was a <laughs> amazing rap. P. Diddy, like, it was almost a little R&B in there, too, but I'll be more ready for that next time. <laughs> but, all right, what should we start off with? What's the big news of the uh, the last week? We've got the FOMC. We've got the unofficial start of a recession. Let me start with that one. The Commerce Department had announced Thursday that the GDP has decreased at an annual rate of 0.9% in the second quarter after falling an annual rate of one6 in the first three months. Now, this normally... Uh, is the the standard definition, or used to be the standard definition of a recession. <laughs> Keyword used to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but apparently, I guess, uh, I guess maybe that's not quite the, the case anymore. And when you say used to be, it's like for all time history. Yes. Like this was the definition of, of a recession. This was the definition like as of last week. <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing is like, we're not quoting an article here from some random whatever. Like the White House put this out and literally just said, we're, we're moving the goalpost. That's it. <laughs> we're moving it. What you thought was a recession before, not a recession anymore. Sorry, guys. You're just going to have to wait. Did they say anything about why or justifying it or they just do it? Yeah, I, I, I wish I knew the, the gal's name, but she's the new like press secretary or whatever. She came on, and of course, the uh, the guy who always presses these guys, uh, pun intended there, but <laughs> he came in and was like, so you guys are just changing the definition of, of a recession. And, and oh, she wordsmithed the, the shit out of this thing. I mean, it was like, <laughs> she was like, well, it was never really a, de- it was never really a definition. And you know, it's like, well, okay, but that's what everybody has gone with for like right. the history of tracking recessions. Like since they started doing this data collection, this was the standard for how do you define whether or not you're in a recession. And the White House just officially made a statement and, and they made the statement before the numbers came out on Thursday. Oh, that means they knew. Oh, so so they, they were just getting in front of it. And, right. you know, I mean, the, the, the beautiful thing is then the market just takes that as bullish and decides to run all week based upon, you know, the White House just changing the rules of recession. But it sounds bullish to me. I don't know. Sounds like Biden calling in favors. <laughs> yeah, right. We're going to need to change this. The crazy thing to me was that like why they what they keep like pumping up is like the reason why it's not a recession. They keep trying to talk about how strong the job market is. I and mean, we talked about this last week when Dan was here. Like they still haven't gotten back to pre-COVID employment levels. 
the jobs market isn't as strong as it sounds. It's not strong. The econ- I mean, inflation is is ultra yeah. high. Um, it, there's there's a tailwind to a lot of these things that probably hasn't really even set in yet. And the reality of it is too that the interesting thing is like why keep kicking the can mm-hmm. down the road? At some juncture, they're going to have to say, okay, we're officially in a recession, unless they somehow magically are able to turn these numbers around before they go out next. And then they'll be like, oh, we avoided recession, which is probably what will happen. But, you know, when they say that, though, like when they finally announce that we are in a recession officially is typically when we Mm -hmm. see that bottom, you know, that sort of like capitulation type uh, move, whether it's, you know, in the economy, in the stock, whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to admit it at some time. Why why keep kicking the can down the road? Just it's, it's, it's so odd. I think the plan is to to admit it when it's no longer a recession anymore. I think that's the goal. Like, <laughs> yes. oh, that's good. Hey, by the way, guys, we went back, we looked at the data. We were in a recession. So if any other president comes in and they right. happen to be from a different party, <laughs> we're now re-redefining the old definition of a recession. <laughs> Moving forward, we were wrong. Sorry. Wait to announce it until you fixed it. That's always the smart move. Like, ah, oh, sorry, honey, I broke your car. But uh, the good news is I got it repaired already. You didn't You didn't know. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's trying to drive it to work. It's not going to cost you anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. What else do we have? Looks like the announcement of a deal. Yes. So Schumer and Manchin have announced a deal. I don't know what the hell they mean by reconciliation, but it is supposed to involve things with tax, climate, energy provisions. I think this is the green energy bill they've been trying to, to enact for, for how long? Basically, since Biden took over. It's called the reconciliation bill. Follow the money. Where's the money in Yeah, this? more than $400 billion over 10 years, fully paid for by closing tax loopholes on the richest Americans and corporations. It's supposed to reduce deficits by $300 billion over that decade, which would... How much is the actual deficit right now? Isn't it over a trillion? Is it a number we still recognize anymore? I don't... I don't think I could write it out. <laughs> I think my hand would get cramped before I finished. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember they used to have those old, I don't know, maybe I'm dating myself. I, I Like there was the billboards that would show the national debt and you would drive by and the number would just be like, like scrolling up. I know somebody's <laughs> old enough to remember this. Like that billboard would be stretched across the highway these days. I don't even think it would work anymore. It's bigger than McDonald's is uh, how many people have been served. <laughs> <laughs> or the uh, Mega Millions jackpot. Oh, that's much bigger than that. But this bill is supposed to raise an estimated $739 billion, which includes uh, 313 through a 15% corporate minimum tax, $288 billion through prescription drug pricing reforms, $124 billion uh, through the IRS enforcement of reform tax code, and $14 billion through closing the carried interest loophole. And it's also supposed to invest $433 billion into a suit of energy and climate-related programs. And I think this is why some of the green stocks were seeing a bit of a bump this week. Uh, at least that would make sense. Yeah, a little eco-friendly play there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although it seems to me that whenever those things happen, like people get excited about the lead up to it and then they dump it once the, the actual news comes out. I wonder if there's a green energy ticker. Yeah, how do we, uh, how do we express that edge best? Uh, well, the best thing to do is to marry Speaker of the House, I think. Yeah, I was just going <laughs> to say that was a nice segue into. Well, unfortunately, though, I think the run is over based upon this next article. You know, I don't know what these guys are thinking, but I, I think they're going to make something called insider trading illegal now. 
Although it was illegal for everybody except for politicians. So. <laughs> oh, no, they just said from trading stocks. You're just assuming that any trading they do is insider trading. <laughs> oh, so they just can't. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, well. It was a good run. I think they'll still find a way. <laughs> it's funny the people who are against it too. Like that's not fair to, to people. This is a free market, and if you're involved, in, if you're an American, you should be allowed to uh, to, to participate. Like, yeah, well, not when you're getting information like how likely a bill is to pass. That last one was a little too sketchy. I think like there was pushing the envelope, which is what you know. Let's just, I mean, Pelosi, Pelosi's yeah. been pushing the envelope here, right? And yeah. The last one was basically just like thumb in the air like you know what we're just gonna do this hours before they announced the the chip act yeah they make it public that they have a multi multi-million dollar options position which is you know multiply that by a hundred they have a multi multi-million dollar option position in that same sector it's insanity <laughs> well didn't she close oh she closed out her nvidia then so did she keep the was she keep all the other ones <laughs> oh yeah well and nvidia the, the trade didn't work did it I heard she lost money. Well, she closed it out because of the the optics of it. Like it just finally occurred to her that maybe this is a bad idea. Oh god! And it's also the first time I think she's ever reported a trade on the same day that she just uh, disclosed it. Right, like pushed it too far. What are you doing? Normally, there's like a two week delay before like the, what they actually do and when it actually gets you know announced. And it's funny because I wonder if that's why this time the trade didn't work. <laughs> the, the market was actually able to like be like, all right, enough's enough. We're, we're taking some of this money. Well, I think she literally like closed it out because she was afraid of getting in trouble. Well, rightfully so. <laughs> so what is the actual legislation that we that we passed here as we're kind of joking about it? Like, can she still do that? Can you make trades if you have if you're part of a committee uh, and you have inside sort of information on that? What's it looking like? Uh, I mean, it basically says that it's going to force the lawmakers to choose between putting their stocks into a, like a qualified blind trust or completely divesting their investment portfolios. It's reasonable. So that's actually, uh, I have a hard time believing that this is going to go through. <laughs> but it wasn't her trading them. It was her husband. So yeah, well, the spouses are mentioned in this as well. Okay, they are. Okay. <laughs> The lawmakers, their spouses, and senior staff. All right. So I think that's how they're trying to close that loophole. But I mean, just call up any friend. Yeah, they'll figure it. There's always a way. Where there's money to be made, there's always a way. Uh, I thought the truth. Yeah, no, uh, Pelosi was against this. Uh, she's long defended their ability to trade stocks. Here's her quote. Uh, this is a free market and people, we are a free market economy. There's, they should be able to participate in that. That was back in December. Jeez. It's crazy how you get a job that makes you 200000 a year or somewhere around there you can vote your own raises but yet somehow you're all millionaires and she makes way more trading the market i mean her and her husband beat basically every hedge fund out there they're so good aren't they they're such good traders oh oh, man if i had just half a bit of that skill set i would be set did you see that twitter meme that was going around uh, the the nancy pelosi's husband no no i didn't he's trying to sell his method of marrying speaker of the house (laughs) (laughs) brilliant oh man all right the last one we got i don't think we talked about it yet but we do have to talk about the fed uh fomc meeting and i think you probably uh understand this language and what it means more than i do understand it maybe uh do anything with it i don't know we'll see what was bullish about the whole thing that's what i want to know (laughs) it's just always bullish isn't that the new rule (laughs) it doesn't matter (laughs) well i i think okay so the big thing was uh what was going to be the the rate hike right Mm -hmm. 
And I think everybody thought it was going to be, you know, 75. So that being what it was, I think the rest then becomes what, what was going to be said, like, what is sort of the look forward? What, you know, what is going to be the plan and, you know, what, like, what is the outlook and what mm-hmm. are they going to admit on the outlook and, and what would they pot- potentially mention on like where we came from and what kind of tools did they use? Cause he loves to use the word tools, right? Like, right. Oh, our tools, um, you know, what, <laughs> what kind of tools did they use as they came into this point of, you know, another, another rate hike. So, you know, I don't think it was any new news. I think to some extent, the market sort of already has that priced in because it's following very much uh, sort of the plan that is, you know, has been previously sort of laid out. I think the big piece was, okay, what are they going to say in addition to that? Mm-hmm. And that wasn't really anything too hawkish. I, I think if anything, uh, they were kind of saying that they think that we're going to, you know, continue this sort of like soft landing and, you know, we're going to be okay. Like you said, like you said earlier, you know, jobs markets are still good and all of sort of this fluff that they're doing. So, you know, I think the big picture will be, do they continue to just kick this can down the road until it's better? And then they, you know, to your point, like, oh yeah, maybe that was worse than we thought it was, but now it's better. So no big deal right. that, we, that we went through that. But, you know, overall, you know, again, there's a big move. Usually it's the wrong move in the markets. And then, you know, the market continues to find whatever happens here and whatever reaction they have to uh, these FOMC notes and, and speeches to be relatively dovish. And they, they just keep bidding the market up after them. So, And here we are again. The thing that scares me is that they're still committed to shrinking the balance sheet. And uh, I'm just worried about how aggressive they're going to end up getting with that. Didn't they say that last month too, though, or, or whatever yeah, last meeting? Yeah. And, and then they like snap, turned around and bought like billions and billions more of bonds right away? Um, no, I thought they were done buying. I thought they were letting everything like fall off now at this well, point. They said but... that and then they bought billions more. When do they do that? Oh, I don't I miss know. Fact that. check me. Do we have, is there some, uh, do we have a fact te- uh, check troll that, that follows the. <laughs> I'm sure we can get somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you stated incorrect information. None of this is financial advice. And uh... Oh, no, don't worry. There's a, there's an intro disclaimer. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> If you haven't heard that yet, it does refer to you as an idiot on a podcast. Just yeah. so you know. <laughs> Anyone who takes advice from the two of us, you got it coming. <laughs> so now I think I think the one thing that is a little bit bullish about this is they're not uh, expected to do 75 again. I think that they've kind of quelled the 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 fears of the the more aggressive rate hikes going forward. I mean, typically we'll see one more, so we'll see. We'll see what they do, but one more half point or one more three quarter one more three quarter oh wow and and again we haven't uh you know to go back to like one of the other stories we talked about we haven't officially hit a recession yet and so you know to see one of these additional rake hikes once they it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out i guess yeah i'm saying because right now they're basically changing the script uh as we go and Mm -hmm. rewriting it as we go and so you know, I, I think basically anything we know as how the Fed is going to handle uh, a declining market and a declining economy is basically out the window at this juncture and they're rewriting the book. So, you know, I think this this meeting and the, this announcement was sort of as planned, but also anything could happen as we move forward. So do they do they really uh, are they really rewriting the script? Because it sounds like they're using the inflation script. I think I heard Janet Yellen saying something about the <laughs> the, the recession yeah. fears or the the. I think she called it transit transitional in nature. I think is what she said. 
<laughs> that sounds very familiar. I think like rewriting the script <laughs> and the fact of like, how did we get here to this yeah. point without like admitting we were going to get here? I mean, basically every, every talking head on Twitter knew we were going to be here two years ago and here yeah. we are. Uh, maybe two years is a little far out, but whatever, a year and a half or something like that. And and here we are. And these guys, you know, we, they just got here, what, like two, three meetings ago. So, right. you know, again, uh, I just I'll, I'll always be interested to see how they change it uh, from a trading perspective. I, I could care less. Right. Uh, market go up, market go down, whatever they say. I usually try to stay out of it when these guys are talking their heads off. And, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, again, like, oh, yeah. They're, they're good inflection points to kind of move forward. But as far as like the news goes, I'm just interested to see how they keep kind of uh, addressing this and what creative ways they can come up with to, to kind of move it forward. That's the fun. Right. Exactly. It's almost like it's entertainment at this juncture. Which word are they going to use this time? Right. <laughs> ah, all right. You got any other uh, stories? I think that's all we have for, for news. Do you want to try and do a segue into into one of the live reads all right sure all right you know who doesn't uh really care about the fomc and basis points and all of the stuff that we just talked about the two bulls in a china shop is proudly brought to you by sue poland is did i say that right poland yeah, oh gosh yeah, yeah. all right nice a fairway independent mortgage an equal housing lender sue poland is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right products for you and your needs she has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage. I still don't know what that is. Reverse mortgage. Be careful. She'll she'll pop in. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> okay, maybe she can help me. Uh, she's licensed in over 27 states, so she can help just about anybody listening. Uh, so reach out and see what Sue can do for you. The best way to reach her is to just give her a call. Her number is 520-977-7904. Or in an email at spullen, P-U-L-L-E-N, at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number 2289. Sue has an MLS number of 206048. That email again is spullen, P-U-L-L-E-N, at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number one more time, 520-977-7904. She's a mortgage lender. I think she does care about the rates. Oh, geez. (laughs) Do you want to do a different one? No, I think it's hilarious. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I might even leave this bit in. Uh, two bowls in a china shops also <laughs> proudly affiliated with Trade Pro Academy. The Trade Pro Academy is an educational platform that offers institutional de- trader development programs to new and experienced independent traders. If you need the translation, that means that you can learn to trade just like those big institutions. You know the ones, the ones that that make the markets that uh, screw up their orders and accidentally crash Sweden's stock market, those ones. <laughs> They've got a great staff of highly knowledgeable and successful traders, and there's no better place that we've found to learn everything you need to know to be a successful trader. Find them online at tradeproacademy.com, or you can use our affiliate link in the episode description, as it's a great way to support the show and improve your own knowledge and skills. And if you join that Discord, we have links for 10% discount codes, as long as you don't tell George, because he will murder us. <laughs> George does not like discounts. No discounts. <laughs> he has been firmly against them. We had to sneak that one past him. Okay. Kyle reads Trade Pro. Repeat again for dramatic effect. Kyle read. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you see Uh-oh. what I did there? Oh. Is, is the president reading the teleprompter? No? Did that go over here? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I got me ahead. Sorry. Repeat for emphasis. Repeat for emphasis. Kyle reads Trade Pro. Uh, should I pump my own stuff? Are we doing that? Or yep. What are we doing here? Uh, Go ahead. The, the awesome Flurry and Leo at Orderflow Labs, that's me, uh, <laughs> were kind enough to share their toolkit for trading futures on Sierra charts. We're also on NinjaTrader and MotiveWave at this juncture uh, with the team at Two Bulls. And um, we've got some amazing content from uh, custom studies for structure and execution. We've got buy sell zones, exhaustion absorption detectors, and everybody's favorite, the reconstructed tape. We've got pretty much something for everybody who's looking to explore order flow. Uh, we're, we're consistently adding and testing new studies, and uh, we have a ton of support to just help you guys use the tools, whether it's through educational content on the tools specifically or just how we're using the tools and some of the nuances on how we're seeing the market. So if you're trading futures, definitely check us out. That's orderflowlabs.com or just rewind to the beginning where I was supposed to pump some other <laughs> stuff, and I just said all the things about orderflow labs. We're in there as well. Yeah, uh, you guys have been doing some amazing stuff over there. I love the educational content you guys have been starting to really focus on. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's been fun, man. It's been really fun to kind of connect. And uh, it's it's always cool to see the way that people fold this stuff into their process and, and mm-hmm. just kind of go from there. So pretty cool. But that's enough about that. I think I've tried to sneak Orderful Labs in like <laughs> a few too many times. So let's talk about some stocks. What, right. do we, what do we have going on? Oh, there's a song, a stock song? Stocks, 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 stocks. Stock time! Now it's talk about stocks time. Looking for setups and still not advice. Big moves, fresh news, and earnings. All that we're saying is still not advice. Stocks, stocks. Please sound so nice. man. I like that. All right. Big news and stocks. Uh, did you see, have you been following Altrera's um, investment in Jewel, like the whole fiasco that's been going on there? Uh, I haven't. Are you going to fill me in? I will. Uh, you know what Jewel is, right? One of those yeah, vaping yeah, sticks. Yeah, it's like a little vape nicotine. I'm not sure why Jewel is the only one that's been like uh, attacked by the FDA, but uh, it's basically worth uh, 5% of its original value that Altrera paid when they invested into it. Uh, it was originally worth like $13 billion, <laughs> and now its value is uh, less than $500 million, as they reported in their second quarter earnings. That would have been a good short. <laughs> well, <laughs> the crazy thing is Altrin has actually held up okay. Oh, uh, maybe not quite so well. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, they don't look like they're doing too good. I just took a look. No, okay. Yeah, they were doing well when they're in the 50s. I didn't see. They bottomed out at 41, set a new lower low. That's not a good sign. Uh, if you like dividends, though, they are still a pretty good stock for that. Uh, I think their dividend yield is now up to 8%. Are they a dividend stock? Yeah, they've been a fantastic one. Oh, I've had them for years. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like a really great just dump some money in, and it's in theory never going to go all the way down, and you're always just going to get your dividends based on shares. Well, you say that, except it's a tobacco company, and that might be a tough one to bet on for a future going forward. You really? You think at some juncture they ban tobacco? I just can't see it. I think they're going to do... I mean, they're already started talking about doing things to reduce the nicotine levels, which I'm 100% for, even as a smoker. But I mean, I just can't imagine they're going to be around for forever. 
10 years i mean yeah you're probably fine nothing <laughs> nothing in the market shocks me yeah I, I, it could happen i mean it it held a pretty nice support uh right around 4110 uh it's kind of stalling right now at 44 i would have liked to have seen it retest 45 and if I wanted to be bullish, I kind of want to see it break up over where that initial pause was right around that 45 resistance level. Uh, but definitely one that I'm keeping an eye on. The The volume has been increasing on this latest run up. Uh, looks like they just reported. Uh, well, we just said they reported their earnings. They actually did beat on their EPS. So uh, another good sign for them. That means those dividends shouldn't be in danger, at least. There you go. But yeah, definitely. It's one that I've had in my portfolio for a while, and I don't have any plans on cutting it anytime soon, but. I might have to reevaluate that if we lose this support. Might have to look at that. You know, a funny side side fact here for uh, this particular company that that name that there's no way to say the name of this company without smiling, and that's Altrera? how they came up with that name. Really? Or Jewel? Yep. Which one? No, Altrera. 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 You can't say it without smiling. It's impossible, or it's impossible to have a, a frowning face while saying those uh, huh. allocation of letters, and that's a. Uh, Genius marketing. Did you know they used to own Kraft too? Why not, right? <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> Why not? Cigarette, cigarettes and mac and cheese. Let's go. <laughs> That's my fucking afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like college. Oh, uh, what's one? You, you had one about Apple, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Apple beat earnings uh, again in a recession, which, you know, it's just, it's absolutely wild. Like it just blows my mind. And not only did they beat earnings, they set record revenue. Holy shit. So, you know, the market's supposed to be declining and all these, you know, I mean, the jobs market, all of the stuff that we've been going through for the last little bit. So Apple beats earnings. They set record revenue with all of this stuff going on. It makes no sense to me, but I love Apple products. So in some weird way, it does make sense that of all the things people would eliminate, it's not going to be an iPhone. It's not going to be their AirPods or their whatever, their iPads and whatever other products that they have. So yeah, new record revenue for Apple. They beat earnings. And I think for the market in general, that is probably the biggest catalyst along with anything else that came out this week that's going to continue to have this market go. Because if the darling of the market, Apple, can continue to set record revenue and can, can, can continue to beat earnings, you know, there's there's just a trajectory from that that I think uh, is like up and to the right. And yeah, I think we saw that this week. So, you know, pretty pretty shocking, I guess, in, in a way. I mean, I, I don't follow this stuff very closely to, to know like, you know, whether or not we should expect that. But I just think like if you like step back and take like an analytical look at like, should they have had record revenue over this last quarter? I think the answer should be no. Quite like <laughs> anybody who would just like put an objective view on it. But hey, here we are. New record revenue. They beat earnings and you know, market goes rippy rip. I mean, I guess it just goes to show you that phones are a necessity these days. An iPhone for life. Android sucks. The thing that always surprises me when I look at Apple's stock chart is that it's nowhere near its pre-COVID highs. When you look at some of these other companies, these big names that have been beaten down, like Apple is like the one that's still still holding like well above that. I think the pre-COVID high was at 81. And after that earnings report, it's trading, I think it closed this week at 162.5. And that's insane to me. It's so impressive. It's <laughs> Also just crossed its 200-day moving average too, if you can believe that. <laughs> And that pullback, I mean, the bottom of Apple was very clean too. Like that, that, that bottom down at like 129, 130 mm-hmm. was was very organized. Uh, it was very high time frame, so it was on a daily, weekly, and monthly level, kind of kicking out of there. And 
they are well on their way to retracing um, the larger move down from 180. Uh-huh. And they just got above, you know, they just got above this 150 level that, that you were kind of mentioning. And I think that's a level to watch moving forward. Like this, this solid weekly close above that 150 level really makes this, um, this move much more uh, convincing. And I think any pullbacks into sort of this last leg up and that consolidation at the lows is probably just a good buy. And, you know, whatever your trading style is, you know, if you're averaging in, uh, you know, long-term portfolio, whatever you do, I just think that this generally looks like a really strong move from a strong company in a weak economy and seems like just logically a, a, a good time to maybe uh, hop on the train on any pullbacks. Apparently, recessions are good for phones and computers. <laughs> Duly noted. Next recession. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> All right. Last one I have on here. I wanted to talk uh, real quick about Walmart. And I had to look for a news story to be able to bring them up. I guess I didn't really need to. But uh, apparently, Walmart is opening up um, these little outlet stores at uh, uh, like getaway locations, like places where people go camping and shit. This is so stupid. I'm sorry. I know. Did you see the image that's on there? It's so dumb. (laughs) Like, what is that? It's like a beat up food truck. I know. And it's selling. So they're selling like hiking gear, leisure activities, campfire equipment. Fuji film camera. They still make those disposable cameras. Is that like the ones that used to leave on wedding tables? (laughs) Yeah. Take pictures. The big question is, do you think that they asked to look at your receipt when you leave? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Is there going to be an old man standing in front? Sarah, I'm going to need to see your receipt. (laughs) <laughs> hands you a little shopping bag no i've low-key been waiting for somebody to ask for my receipt for the longest time since i like i, I a guilty pleasure of mine is like watching those videos, <laughs> those videos people are walking out and they're like no i'm not showing you my receipt and it just never happens to me i never Whoa. get pulled over so i can't like i can't film you know police the or cop, something like yeah. that's a big one too and then i never nobody ever asked me for my receipt like i can't audit anything I used to work with the guy whose favorite prank to do when he was walking around in a Walmart was to like grab like KY jelly and throw it into old couples cart in front of them when they're checking out. How'd this get in here? It's okay. You can can just put it through. We'll be be discreet. Uh, The reason why I wanted to bring up Walmart is because we're getting close to that back to school season. And the freaking strength that Walmart has been showing on this run-up after this latest dump. um, It was back on the 26th when they revised their earnings forecast for the year. And the stock just dumped from, let's see, was it 132, somewhere around there, down to 120. And then it has just been bought up since then. Yeah, that's been a rip from that 120. Was that that an earnings gap? Why did they gap down like that? That was when they revised their earnings. Their earnings don't come out until the 16th. Oh, I see that. And they still have a gap to fill from the last earnings dump. Uh, But one of the guys that we talked to, that was Stephen Mathai Davis, the guy who runs QAI, the AI-driven investment platform. Uh, One of the the offerings that they were putting together was a back-to-school play, which is like a, a... weekly balancing it's a whole thing but the idea behind it is that uh, the the companies that benefit most from the back to school shopping tend to do really well uh, coming into right about now in fact we might have missed it actually now that i look at this chart makes sense you know something i was stalking and this is this has nothing to do with walmart but maybe in that bucket of like back to school plays is we've got some kids going to school and like all things uh you can order and just have them shipped to your house there's back to school kits and there's companies that are doing like back to school kits. And so you can, 
take your school's, uh, you know, whatever list and upload it to this site. And then they'll find you sort of like, they'll put a, a basket or a few baskets together and then you can show your kids which basket and they'll be like, Oh, I want that one. It's got the unicorns and this one's got Superman or whatever. Oh, nice. And you can pick a basket for your kids. I'm like, man, is this, is this company publicly traded? Right. <laughs> this is a genius idea. What's the name of them? Oh, I have to look. I have oh, to look. The it. name of it was my wife spends too many R on amazon.com. <laughs> That sounds about right. Yeah, so Walmart definitely one to keep an eye on. It's coming right into the area that initiated that dump when they revised that forecast. So it'd be really interesting to see how it responds in this area. I see that. Hot tip, let's look for a gap up. Right. Let's look for a gap <laughs> above that. That would be really wow, what a what a low that huge gap. I mean that gap runs from basically forty six all the way down to like thirty seven. That's a yeah. big opportunity right there. Yep. I'm, I'm not a big Momo guy, but uh, that that seems like a pretty cool opportunity there. If you figure out how to trade it, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Buying closed eyes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> stop at lows. <laughs> or you can put your uh, you can put your stop too tight, like someone else we know, and yeah, there'll be consequences. Trust me. <laughs> Sounds like we got a bet pick. Yep. I swear to God, if Walmart shows up on randoms, I'd be livid. <laughs> and it caps out and just yeah. crushes most of the <laughs> Oh, man. Well, that that was stocks. Should we jump into crypto? Yeah, I got think so. Got some fun stuff to talk about there. I got some crypto in my wallet. Uh, well, I'm going to defer to you because, uh, again, oh, this is mine. Cryptos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Hexcoin. So, Hexcoin. you know, when, when we first started talking about, uh, the topics for, for this, uh, I, you know, I, I started in the crypto space. Uh, it's really what sort of, uh, sparked my sort of, um, actual interest in, um, getting serious about trading and learning some of sort of the foundation that, that has kind of led to my trading today. But, I still follow it. I, I'm not heavily invested in it. I certainly don't day trade it. Um, you know, I bag hold a few things and and just kind of move on. But this is one that's been on my radar lately, and it's kind of like a, a fun play, uh, just to kind of throw some money at and whatever. But anyways, this is Hexcoin, and mm-hmm. so that's H E X, and it's really not about the coin or the fundamentals for me. It's about the guy who runs this thing and the founder, Richard Hart is essentially one of these like OG Bitcoiners. He was, you know, he's got a lineage back to sort of like the the original sort of uh, blockchain um, team. And some of the, you know, some of the people have even speculated that he is Satoshi and he's even claimed to be Satoshi at some junctures. And it's just a wild story. <laughs> but at the end of the day, this guy is just a character and he believes that and, and, has, and has made some pretty really, really outstanding calls um, certainly check out some of his content. I, I think we're going to put his TikTok on there because his TikTok is absolute fire. And the guy gets on there. He's like wearing, I don't know if it's custom or what, but he's got like what looks like a Louis Vuitton purse, but it's a coat. And he's got, you know, that cross what? purse thing that guys wear now where it's like the purse in the front. The man bag. And he sits in like a throne. He doesn't have like, you know, nowadays stream 
streamers have sort of like the streamer chair. This guy sits on a throne. And oh my God. It, it caught my attention and I did a little of due diligence as much as you're going to do when you're throwing money into a shit coin. But, right. um, <laughs> you know, this hex coin is essentially um, a, a different a different version. You're sort of, um, you know, locked in. And it's uh, the idea is, is that he says that the i you know that the best way to sort of like make money in crypto is not to be day trading this thing it's to get into a coin and be locked in and let it run up and that's how he made his fortune in bitcoin and that's why he started hexcoin and so when you buy the coin you're essentially uh you know again don't quote me on any of this officially but like you're essentially sort of like stuck in it for some period of time mm -hmm. um it's super hard to buy but it's a fun coin so i i threw a little bit at it um it, it just rallied 20 percent today which is was pretty cool um so you know made a little bit today on that but i just think overall it's a cool play the guy's a character he he seems to for the most part kind of watch out for the greater sort of crypto moon boys and um he made some really strong calls about the DeFi um sector and a lot of these companies sort of um you know they're like after you know, crumbled. Uh, we've had mm -hmm. a lot of uh, big DeFi names in the crypto space come down. And even from that, some of these DeFi names coming down, uh, taking out some of the bigger, um, bigger funds that are involved in this space. You know, again, not to get too much into that, but, you know, this Hexcoin idea is kind of cool. And I, and I, I just like the founder. He's just fun to watch. And, you know, I'll throw a little bit on and see if this guy's the real deal. But for all the fun stuff he does and what he says he's doing for the community and all the moon boys, there is a group of people who still say and are on the other side of fence that this is sort of another long-term play and this is just another shit coin and blah, blah, blah. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping to get a nice, you know, like the standard crypto, like 10x out of this thing. And maybe take mm -hmm. some off the table and, and see if I can run with it. But, you know, again, it's it's an interesting coin. And I think it's one that's uh, it's on my radar. It's worth watching. It's a fun story anyways, even if you just got a little bit in it. It's kind of fun. As, as like, if you're trying to find a, a coin that's that you want to blow up, that's kind of what you need, isn't it? You need the the founder or the people <laughs> yeah. that are representing it to be, like, completely crazy, insane almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, the best is if the founders are anonymous like uh you know that that's the big thing in nft like if the projects are sort of like anonymous projects and you don't know who the founding team is mm -hmm. then you're getting rug pulled for sure oh. <laughs> it's, like, it's just a good way <laughs> i've got a couple of worthless nfts in my uh in my crypto bag but you know fun fun to try right all right hex uh looks like they got a website too is it really at a 29 billion market cap it's huge that's pretty impressive for a shit coin i don't know if it's technically a shit coin. I, I basically just everything that's not bitcoin or ethereum is he's got a daytona car <laughs> is, is is basically a shit coin but there's a lot and i think again like that has to do with the lockup that goes with this coin and look into it and on mm -hmm. how far it is and stuff like that but you know essentially it's like it just keeps growing because there's just buying there's there's very little selling hmm. so it's a, it's a cool concept and again like the character is just fun to follow so it's an entertainment value at the very least yeah, if nothing else you just think of it as uh you're basically subscribing to his patreon yeah right <laughs> <laughs> supporting his tiktok right <laughs> oh man so that was crypto should we jump into the good the bad and the ugly for this week you want to you want to take a shot at me yeah, you want to hear mine, or are you gonna lay you gonna lay your nasty on me? <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, so my good um, again, this is a little bit of an Orpho Lab setup, but 
Uh, we have a weekly Delta Pivot setup. We just did our year anniversary stream. At the end of that stream, we, we looked at the setup for next week. Um, it's basically based upon expansion and contraction of the ranges that are created from the way that we track Delta. And last week was, uh, we kind of jokingly put the, the GIF in our Discord of the perfect storm, right? And mm. uh, that guy sitting there, he's like, it's the perfect storm. Last week was that. So it was a bearish cross of the weekly delta pivot so the rth session was net selling compared to the overnight session and their point of control from a delta perspective had dropped below the other sessions and it was an expanding range week and on expansions we looked to fade last week's trend and last week's trend was clearly up as well as this week's and that's not to say that we're going to trade short the entire week but we're going to look for an opportunity to trade short from the sort of extensions of that mm -hmm. and uh, this was one that i just nailed and i've seen this trade happen a lot it's one that we've sort of developed uh, over time and uh, this was just a good one for me so the week of delta pivot setup uh, rode that from 12 uh, 4.77 uh, down to the down to the pivot and then the low it was like a 400-ish point trade so it was a good trade oh that's nice yeah it was a good one my good for the week uh, was just today's trading in general uh i had been it, it seemed like since i got that prop account with apex which i, I can badmouth them right you're Ooh. not yeah apex was terrible but they had a flash sale going on so i was excited to you know just throw 30 dollars at it and see if i can fund it trading the the stuff that i've been learning as we've been doing uh the the mini series with you but they are kind of uh, shady, it seems, with the, the way they execute some of your orders. Like you'll you'll think that uh, your stop took you out, but then suddenly you got another position on out of nowhere, uh, like you know shit like that. And then they blame rhythmic or something. Yeah. Like that, right? yeah so yeah. I mean, I kind of was going downhill from from that. I think that just the idea of having a lottery ticket, and then I was learning so much at the at, in such a quick amount of time. I was trying to expand the setups I was looking at, and then I just lost all my patience quit trying to trade in the areas. I stepped away from the thing that was making me successful to begin with. But Friday was was the point where I, I took a step back. I focused on the levels that I come up with. I used some of the setups that that we developed when we talked uh, during the, the, the initial first couple or the first episode. Nice. And I mean, I ended up, uh, I think, still pretty much flat on the day, but it's a step in the right direction because all my trades were in my areas of interest. I, I stuck to my plan of sticking and waiting for the points where I wanted to do business. And I was really happy with the way that that worked out. That reset is so key when you're struggling to, to just, and it's so hard to, to recognize it. I, I made the comment the other day that like you step away, you start straying from your path. It happens so slowly. And then by the time you look around and realize you're in another area code and you have no fucking clue what happened. <laughs> <laughs> How did I get here? And why am I short? <laughs> this isn't not my beautiful wife. This is not my house. <laughs> <laughs> what was your what was your bad oh man so my bad that i'm even reading this this is dumb but my my bad was uh thursday and it kind of goes with like what you were saying about uh you know sticking to following your plan i had a great plan um we mapped out what we thought would be a really key level on a pullback um i got long what turned out to be that level in the low of the day on thursday and mm, that nice. was like what, however many hundred points ago, if not a thousand <laughs> points ago in NQ, it seems right. like. So, I, you know, it, and here's the thing is like, I, I, I'm a firm believer in, in sort of good enough. We, you know, we kind of joke like hashtag good enough. Uh, a great friend of mine, Jay, kind of instilled that in me that, you know, you, you don't have to get it all every day. But there's some points when you just 
you, you really should read the market and what the market is doing. And I think I let that hashtag good enough sort of step in and just like be like, oh, okay, well, good. Let's just cut it here. We got back to the opening range and, you know, good enough. And mm-hmm. this thing just kept on going and kept on going and it grinded up and it based several hundred points above the opening range and then earnings hit. And we know what happened, right. you know, yesterday into the close. And so, you know, had I been, um, had I been sort of, uh, sticking to my plan, that should have been uh, a week maker trade number two for the week for right. me. So uh, potentially a month making you know, combination between those last two trade setups that we talked about. So a little bit disappointed in that because I, uh, you know, sometimes I just get so overwhelmed in in the fact of like, okay, you've got a great day, lock it up, good enough. And I and I before I click that button, I don't stop, pause, and say, well, wait a minute, are we one time framing higher? Did we just hit a really key level on the lows? Does this have more legs? And I think Thursday was an example of that for me. And in, mm-hmm. in retrospect, and kind of went back and looked at some of my bigger trades or misses, I do tend to do this a, a little bit too much. So I'm going to take some time to kind of evaluate if I'm over good enoughing and at least put something in, into right. the process to before I click that button and just call it good enough, sort of like as a, a knee jerk sort of safety mechanism to really just like take a second to do some analysis. Because typically if I'm saying good enough, it's because this trade is is good enough. Like we're well far away from our entry. We're good enough. So mm-hmm. I have time to sit back and do some analysis to decide whether or not I think I should at least just maybe move the stop up versus just flatten or something like that. So right. th- that was my bad. It was basically like, I think I'm over covering on some of my good trades and not seeing the full expectancy. And I'm doing that to sort of protect P&L versus like actually ana- uh, taking an analysis of the market kind of uh, deciding from there. So. Uh, I think my bad is actually kind of similar. Um, I took a lotto on Facebook since that was my bet pick. I decided to put a little bit of money down on the on the thing too. The spreads on the options contracts were ridiculous. So I was only able to get one uh, vertical put spread. Uh, I think I sold or I bought the 170 puts and sold the 155s. I think the total cost for the contract was like five dollars and seventy five cents, which is about what I wanted to spend. I normally like to try to get two of those. Uh, but I was only able to afford one. So I did good on like, you know, managing my risk and not over committing to, to a lotto idea. But the, the bad part was that uh, it took Purdue on the voice chat <laughs> Thursday after watching this thing, you know, just slam down on the, on the open to, to convince me to take profit on it. I mean, I was up 100% on the thing and I was thinking like, oh, I should let this thing run when I can see it, you know, basing around, I think it was around 159. It's like, why am I, why am I trying to fight this? I got one contract. I'm up a hundred percent. Like that's where the good enough I think would have helped me out. Yeah. It's it's that one number when you when you don't have runners. Right. It's so it's like when when it's if I close it, it's over, right? And it, that mm-hmm. and the emotions that step in on that, you know, taking that step back and in. That emotion is the hardest one for me to deal with. Same. Same. But I like the good enough. Uh it's the second time I've heard somebody else mention that too. And that's something that I'm gonna try to reflect on too. You know, and here's the thing, at the end of the day, like the good enough mentality is never going to cost you, you know, a ton of money. Uh, it, it might cost you some opportunity cost, and you know, if you're struggling and you're con- and good enough is too early, right? If it's not accurate, good enough, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that that's where you get in a little bit of trouble. But there's never, you know, really anything super wrong with you know closing a great trade and it just keeps going, right? I mean, if you've caught the meat, you're outside of like you know two or three average rotations, like. Good enough is okay, but I think it's uh, we do this long enough. We spend this time to to you know make this analysis of the markets. Like maybe before mm-hmm. we say good enough, we take a step back and go, okay, 
is there more for real? And, you know, really just a, maybe, it, maybe you don't flatten, you just move your stop down kind of thing. And whether it's too tight, <laughs> too tight of a stop, <laughs> like someone else, they know, or, uh, or, uh, dig the knife in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is that like the third time now? My question for you is when you say good enough, does that mean your day's over? Cause that's how I yeah, take it. Yep. Yep. I mean, that means close the charts out and be done. Oh, yeah, yeah. So good enough is I usually will go hang out with the OFL team or something like that, potentially trade um, a different account or something like that. Um, I've got like a step down mm-hmm. account that would make some sense to, to trade uh, in certain environments, like if something sets, sets back up after the open. But for the most part, good enough is like go spend some time with the kids, uh, take an early day, yeah. go to the park, you know, whatever it is, go golfing, head to the lake early. Um, I mean, I'll do good enough on the week as well. And, you know, if, if Wednesday yeah. was good, it'll be good enough. I'll, I'll tap the wife on the shoulder and say, hey, we're, we're going. Let's go to the cabin. Beautiful. So what was your ugly? Oh, man. Stream trading. It was so bad. <laughs> this is like, it's such a delicate thing. And, and I, I, first of all, like, you know, huge uh, kudos to anybody who has the guts to go on stream and, and click buttons. But it's it's such a weird set of emotions because... I'll get on stream and I'll, before I start executing trades, I'll typically be very patient and, you know, lay out what I'm seeing. And then you just like, there's this balance between wanting to be entertaining Mm -hmm. and making sure that you're in trades and then waiting for your actual areas of interest. And it seems like the market has this beautiful way of just, you know, sticking it right up your, you know what? And and it's like, okay, well, I'm bored. So I'm going to get into a trade here. Well, now I'm in a shitty trade uh, as we approach the level that I spent, you know, time talking about and you just get in this cycle. And so, you know, clicking too many buttons and just sort of that emotional battle of wanting the streams to be entertaining, but also like, it's funny because you want them to be entertaining. So you take more trades, but then you take more trades and the trades suck. Right. Uh, So then it's not entertaining because the trade sucks and then you try to take more trades that are good but they end up not being good because you just went through everything you did and next thing you know like like you mentioned you're just like okay where am i just what happened where am i (laughs) whose whose beautiful wife is this whose kids are those in the picture like how did i get in this house yeah exactly (laughs) so yeah stream trading for me and it was uh this so i was on a streak I think I had four months of winning streams. We stream every Wednesday or try to stream every Wednesday. So it's pretty typical for me too to do something like this, like to go on a run and it's kind of like, when is the shoe going to fall type mm. scenario? And the shoe fell this week. So I think I was up um, a few thousand points trading NQ on stream over the last four months. And I think I gave back 700 this week. Ooh. You know, which whatever it, it is, what it is. Um, you know, overall, it's just you know, it's it's just part of the process and something you need to learn. But you know, it's like I, I feel like it's like a little bit of that self destruct. It's like I lost on Wednesday's stream uh, with the team, and then we you know had our year anniversary today, um, and I didn't do very well in in the first part of the stream. I did okay in the second part. We we streamed twice uh, today, but um, it's just really that emotions, and it's interesting because you know, it's like you battle these normal emotions of trading your account, and then I complicate it by you know having the things that we do and trying to provide some Mm -hmm. uh, education and content for the stream but it's a whole nother struggle so i I just continue to look at it as like just something if if i work on my emotions in this space it's only going to help me in my personal trading to recognize when i'm in these spots when you know to your point earlier like when i'm not in the zone and when i you know i'm way out of the zone and in some random stranger's house (laughs) uh so yeah it was it was tough for me uh this week and you know ended it ended a good win streak on on sort of a bad note and we'll re 
reset next week and have extra information to make it better. That's tough too when you're when you're streaming because you have a set amount of time that that's supposed to be open for. So you can't just be like, okay, that's my third loss, uh, you oh, know, in yeah. five minutes, yeah. and now I got to close up and uh, see you guys tomorrow. Like, no, you gotta you gotta fight your way through it. And yeah, uh, there is some. I mean, that would be some a good skill to to learn. But man, that's a tough one to to work through. There's no need. <laughs> Unless, 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 unless you've got a reason to put content out there, yeah, it's so hard. I wouldn't like if you were just doing it to provide entertainment. Like, it, there's just no like, there's no financial benefit to streaming your trading. Yep. Like personally, like it's just so difficult if somebody's watching you. And then you feel bad too because then uh, you know other people are copying you even though they shouldn't oh, be. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole other thing. I don't think. I mean, if anybody's copying my trades uh, ever. You know, I mean, whatever, <laughs> you know, I mean, not like just in yeah. general, right? Like it, it, I just yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. you know, not that they're good or bad trades. Like if you should have your own ideas, if they're not yours, then you shouldn't yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're not going to learn anything yeah. that way. Uh, well, my ugly was everything up to Friday. Uh, <laughs> and this one was, this one was a tough one to kind of work through because my PNL for this week was actually fantastic. Like I did really well on FOMC. I did. I think I ended each day up about 20 to 40 points on the week, but my trading was so erratic and emotional uh, based on like emotions. Like it just, there wasn't any good rhyme or reason. There's way too many of them and there'd be one or two like really good ideas that worked out, but I was just taking way too much crap. So that's why, that's why we always talk about like separating the PNL from the, the actual like good trading. Like there's a difference between trading well and having a green week. Yeah. And this week for me was a great example of that. Well, the feedback loop, we, we've talked a lot about that in, in the um, yes. Back to the Futures uh, episodes. You're, you're basically wasting a week of feedback if you're just not going to execute mm-hmm. your plan. And so, you know, to your point, it's like, well, Monday through Thursday was basically, yeah, whatever you were scratch uh, for, for points and P&L wise, but you gained nothing in confidence. You you probably deteriorated your process a little bit and you got no valuable information from a feedback perspective from any of the trades you took if you weren't taking them in your in your area. And so, right. you know, it's, it's good to hear, though, that you that you recentered for Friday, because that's key. Like when you're struggling and you identify that, just like going back to the good old trusty is, is so good. Mm-hmm. And the the being green actually could have been a lot more detrimental because that makes when you talk about the feedback loop, like you don't want to be rewarded for doing oh, yeah. bad. But this is a game where, you know, sometimes that happens and you got to be able to recognize it. Yeah, you take the gifts, right? Because they'll come they'll come back yeah. too and take them. So <laughs> <laughs> they don't stay in your possession very long if you keep doing stuff like that. How many beginning traders make one big win early on and end up losing more than that win because they it reinforces a bad idea. Is that just like, is that a gambler's fallacy? Is that a real thing that happens to people? Cause I feel like the first time I ever went and played blackjack, I won and mm-hmm. I love to play, like I don't play anymore, but like I loved to play blackjack for so long after that, because I would always think about that. Like first time I won and I was like, Oh, this is great. I can turn 50 into 300 and then you're turning 300 into a thousand and then you have nothing. Right. <laughs> you're like, what, yeah. what happened here? The thing with gambling, like what the, the addictive part of it, I always thought was the, uh, it's not the, the big wins. It's the, it's the getting to even after a big loss. Oh, the comeback digging out of the hole. There's, there's, there's two things. So there's two things in gambling that we're off on a tangent here on gambling, but there's two things in gambling that are like, not what you would expect when you're a gambler that are the best. And that's being stuck and getting break even. And then on the opposite mm-hmm. side of that, 
being what I call upstuck. So there's nothing worse. Like losing a thousand dollars is fine. Being up a thousand dollars and then losing five hundred back is the sickest feeling in gambling. Oh God, yes. And you will make the worst decisions ever when you are upstuck. Like and, and you, you feel owed. And the market does that too. The market does that and, and that emotion is super real in trading. Like I was up a hundred points today, now I'm only up fifty. The market owes me those 50 points and I'm coming for them. And that's when... Yeah, it feels like a 50-point loss, not a 50-point win. Yeah. yeah. And and then you end up like down 100 points on the day or whatever if you're gambling mm-hmm. down a 1000 bucks or if you buy-ins at the poker table. And it's not the buy-ins that... You, it's not the amount of money you ended up net down. It's that you were up... <laughs> That's how you yes. think of it, right? It's like, oh, I didn't lose. <laughs> yes, I didn't yes. lose 100 points a day. I lost 200 points a day because I was up. To, and that's what burns you. <laughs> it's so funny, man. It's just uh, that emotions. But yeah, it's a real thing. All right. Well, I think we've uh, we almost got to the end here. You ready to? Yeah, let's talk bet here. You know, you might have to help me shape this a little bit um, to make sure that we follow the process. But uh, you guys are going to let me call the bet. Uh, I heard. Well, let me hit the let me hit the song first. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna cut that in there. It's bet picking time in the shop, so pick them right. Oh man, that was beautiful. That's one of Dan's original songs we repurposed. <laughs> You know, that that strikes me as more like his style of music. Mm-hmm. I can see him curating. Oh, yeah. Just throwing that out there. I don't know why. You don't think he's a rapper? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Fair enough. I do think he has the voice of an angel, though, and that he could probably do just about anything. So When you're ready for a theme song, let us know. <laughs> we'll write <laughs> one for OFL. Can you please have him make one for the OFL Back to the Futures? Oh, man. I'll help him. All right. Let's see what we can do. Oh, he's gonna love. Uh... <laughs> All right, so let's talk about this bet. Help, help guide me. Okay. I know what stock I want to. I know what stock I want to trade. So, so normally what we were doing before was Dan and me were playing against each other, and we had random as the uh, the kind of the benchmark. But I think that the yep. the direction of the show has kind of morphed to the point where we're gonna actually make random the bad guy because fuck him. Yeah, fuck random. So it's gonna be me and Dan as a team going forward from this point, trying to beat random. <laughs> okay. So uh, we're going to let you make the first pick uh, in this in this new bet format. Basically, and then us first. Them. You can be long, you can be short, you can have stops, you can have take profits, you can define the trade. Whatever you want to happen, though, has to be defined here in this segment. So if you want an entry range, like you got to say, like the specific entry point, uh, it can be like you know open on Monday. It can be a retrace into this level, then I want to go short, stop at this point, take profit down here. Okay, so can I like can I scale into it? So like okay, I, I want to look at go 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 in flight. All right. Um which you know is uh they they put the movies on your delta flights or whatever. Oh that's who they are? That's who they are. Go go in flight. And so here's the thing this stock likes to move. It's pulling into daily and weekly resistance. It's on a move up and you know the market's lost its freaking mind. We're, we're fake in a recession or whatever we're calling this thing. Like people are flying. There's monkey pox. Let's see this stock go down, right? <laughs> so uh, you, 
they've got resistance right at 1753 and then you've got another key resistance right at 1817. So how, how can I frame this best? Can I, can I maybe say 50% of the position right at 1753 and 50% of the position if we push to 1817 for a short? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay. Wait, you got to say that again so I got to write it down, though. All right. So go, go in flight. It's G-O-G-O. We're going short. 50% position at 1753 and 50% position at 1817. Okay, and then and if it makes it easier, you can just say market short on open on Monday. <laughs> we do that sometimes too, because <laughs> we're basically there. You know, we we closed. I guess I could look to see if they they after hours uh, popped into that resistance, but the the danger of the market short, which is what we are just marketing in on Monday, is that uh, sometimes you get the move in pre market, and then your entry ends up being right where you're wanting to get out. <laughs> All right, we'll just say like if we open above 1753, get me short 50%, and then we'll do another 50% if we reach 1817. And you know, I know stop losses are definitely suggested, but if we learned anything in this episode, <laughs> having too tight of a stop is just going to cost you more pain and punishment in this bet. And so we are just going to let this baby run. I've got confidence that no stops. All right. No stop. Let it run. We're 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 rejecting this level. It's it's gonna happen. No stops. <laughs> do I have to take profit or do we just yeah, like see how we're just, doing? It'll it'll just close out at the end of Friday. All right, we'll be good. We'll be good. We'll pull back into like sixteen forty or something like that. We'll be good. Well, let's get a random here. Um let's see. I've got uh ten and eight, so the exchange is gonna be Nasdaq. All right, energy. Oh god damn it. <laughs> All right, random is going long. Centennial Resource Development, CDEV. What? All right, let me put this in. Okay, so where are they going to go long? Uh, Market open on Monday, and then it closes out. CDCE? CDEV, CDEV. I'm so excited to track this. They're going long? Yep, Uh, random always goes long. That's why it's so brutal to lose to it, because it makes money in a fucking bear market. Oh, wow. That's actually a pretty good trade. I know. It happens every goddamn time. <laughs> it looks pretty good. It's about to break key resistance. Son of a bitch. Fuck random. Oh, oh, God. You need to get you a sticker. All right. I'll take him down for you guys. All right. I'll take him down for you guys. All right. And then uh, last key piece of business. You want to give us uh, some consequences for, for losing the month of July? Yeah. We're going to have to talk consequences. So here's the deal. Um, we're going to need to see feet. Oh, God. We're going to need to see feet picks. It's going to be mandatory, and they're going to have to go on Twitter. Can I at least trim my nails and dress them up so they look nice? Hey, listen, there's somebody out there for everybody. And uh, I think, especially in the feet genre, uh, you do you, uh, I I guess is what I'm saying, because someone will appreciate it out there. Oh, my God. uh, We're going to need to see feet on Twitter. Oh, no. Well, we might get more followers out of that, though. So that might be I'm so I'm making an Anon account that looks like he follows feet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna troll you guys. <laughs> oh. 
All right, guys. So we are going short. Go, 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 go in flight. We are looking to short, uh, hopefully on the open 1753 for half of a position. We will put the other half of position on at 1817. We have no stop. We're letting this thing run. We're fully confident in our abilities to reject this resistance. So that's, that's what I'm leaning into next week. The team's got to come along with me. We're against random and they're about to break out from, from key resistance. So we might be in trouble, but we'll see. Uh, and expect some feet picks here in the near future on Twitter. Oh but. my God. I can't wait till Dan hears this. Yeah, it should be good. Oh man, it's going to be great. <laughs> but anyways, guys, uh, you know, it was, it was just a pleasure. Uh, I appreciate you letting me join and, and uh, fill in. It was fun to do the intro. I, I, I did say when, when I agreed to do the, the guest spot, I said, as long as I get to do the intro, like I love the intro. I love what he does. With it. So, <laughs> I, like, I want to put Dan. I, <laughs> I worked on my voice. I looked in the mirror. I spent some time on it. So hopefully, uh, Hopefully uh, you guys think it was fun too. And again, I just thank you guys for having us on. It's always a pleasure and look forward to the next time. So anyways, all right, folks, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thanks for coming by, but we're closing up shop. We'll be back with you soon. And until then, happy trades. Bye, everybody. Take care. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.